Welcome back to C. Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal with C. Myers Corporation. And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm president and also principal here at C. Myers. So today we're going to focus in on an area, a couple areas actually that are, that are connected that are being discussed more. We've had more conversations with our clients in the last couple of weeks, and we thought it would be good to talk through some of the conversations and the things that are coming up around credit risk. Some questions there. Of course, everyone's still trying to figure out what credit risk might look like in this environment. And then that's also leading to what's happening on deferrals and deferments. And a lot of places are coming up on their first round of deferments being due. So what are they doing and how might they use that as a gauge to also help them understand some credit risk? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting environment from that standpoint. And if we start off with the credit risk side itself, because you are in a situation, everyone's in a situation where they can't rely on external information to help them gauge what's going on. They, the credit scores aren't representing this environment. You can't tell from the credit scores if someone lost their job, are they late on payments? Because the deferrals that people are requesting aren't going to be showing up. And so you're kind of having this cloud happen from external information as to what you can rely on and any migration and credit scores aren't really occurring to the extent of what some of the concerns are. So how do you adjust? And so that's what Place has been working on. And I know we've had lots of conversations in the past on some of the C Myers Live about some business intelligence in different areas to work on. But this is a huge area of opportunity to say, what do you know that you can't get from the external? And there's a lot that you know about your membership, especially members who have multiple different types of accounts with you. And so how can you cross-reference some of your data to at least gain insights as to who might not be able to make that payment when it's coming up? What's their situation? Did they lose their job? Do you have a checking account? You can normally track and see, are they getting the same paycheck that it looks like they used to have? Are they now depositing unemployment check? Mm -hmm. If they're depositing unemployment, then okay, that gives you a sign and maybe that member is going to need more help, but that probably starts to put you more in a situation that your potential probability of default starts to increase. Mm -hmm. And so this goes into places continuing trying to figure out how much should we put in our reserves right now? And no one knows exactly the right amount, but what could you do to take the combination of your checking information, what's happening with the lines of credit, are they overdrawn in different areas, and start watching some of those different behaviors to then indicate the level of concern that you might want to reserve for to help you prepare for what might happen coming up. Yeah, so what I hear you saying is start off, what are the things internally, the information you have internally, not even what do you have, first, what do you want? What would help you understand and answer this question on credit risk? Not a bad place to start, as we've talked about before, looking back at the last economic crisis. If you don't know where to start, start there. And then, as you said, start looking internally and look at your data. What are the gaps and what are the things that you might want to know more about that are going to help you start answering that question? How much do I reserve? This is leading then to that question around the deferrals, because we're starting to see, I mean, that first round of deferments is starting to come due, and some places are looking at that as a potential barometer of what the credit risk impact could look like. Are members going to be able to start getting back to normal payments when they come out of deferment? Or do they need more deferments? Why are they deferring? So Rob, what are you seeing on that from credit unions and a business intelligence perspective? Yeah, seeing a, a big range and talk about a valuable thing to be thinking through right now. 
you could view the opportunity on how you help members on this next step. It was one thing when you had to act really quickly and didn't have time to think to put out there and anyone who wants a deferral or however you approach it, then just let us know and we'll do it. But now you've had time to start preparing and see, well, what are people going to need? As you said, it's an opportunity to gain business intelligence, but would also say it's an opportunity for you to build your relationship with your members more. What is it that you can do from a structure perspective and also from an automation and messaging perspective for them to say, wow, you really have your act together and you really helped me understand the trade-offs of some of the different actions and you made it either really easy where I could hit a button and do something mm-hmm. or you were there for me if I needed something a little bit more custom or I wanted to talk to someone. What that can do by designing this well and approaching this very intentionally on what you offer and how you offer it, it can also help you manage your resources in the best areas of those who are experts at financial assistance are going to be on the phone with the people who need it the most instead of just a shotgun approach out there of you know calling all of them you don't want to have it all manual but you also probably don't want to have it all automatic there's going to be some unique cases out there and so what we're seeing is some places have already started to do a really nice job of preparing and designing how they're going to approach things on this um, what are they going to do? And there's there's a range from being willing to offer another three months of deferment if they give additional evidence, and but it'll be a little bit more on the manual side on having that evidence because uh, people didn't need to prove it early on in many cases for a lot of the credit unions out there. But if they're asking for another, you know, one, two, or three months of deferment, then you're probably going to ask for more information on that. Or on the other side starting off with a really nice email to them that links to hopefully a you know a nice landing page on your mobile device or you know in their secure part of your website so they can see and understand look all you need to do is you can either do x or y or call us now some examples of what people are looking for on that is you know first help us understand what's going on for you right now you know are you have any challenges with job and your income has it changed you know maybe you ask a few questions and this gets back to that business intelligence are there a few questions that you could ask about their situation that will help them communicate with you what's going on and then you know while you're making it really clear you're asking this to help them because you have experts to help people avoid problems and you're on their side you're an advocate for them in this environment and so Make sure, however you design it, you really view it from the perspective of, you know, the members should feel really good after they go through this experience. They should really appreciate it. If not, if they're feeling threatened by it, if it's feeling accusatory, that that tone will be really important. You don't want that. But look, you know, you've had the last three months, and so we're here to help you. We know it's a unique environment um, for those who want to, you know, go back to, you know, making their full payment you know, click here. And the benefit of that is maybe your balance, you know, your interest has been building up. And so helping them know, geez, I hadn't fully been thinking about that. Okay, yeah, probably good to do my full payment now. Or maybe you offer, and some are automatically um, willing to offer kind of an in-between that, you know, I don't want to make my full payment right now, but the next button could be start interest only. That the next three months, I'm just going to be paying interest. What that does for the credit union 
is that starts to reduce some of that exposure that's been building up over the last three months for every institution, which is those deferrals, you're most likely recognizing that revenue right now. Hmm. You've been recognizing those, those interest payments over the last three months, even though you weren't receiving them. Later on, if that defaults, then you're in a situation that you're you're going to be, you know, in a sense, you won't have earned that income that you're showing. So it puts a little bit more pressure on that. So if you can at least start being paid some interest on it, that could be a nice hybrid for you of um, the member easing back into paying it if they need that. And you can decide to have that with no or low burden of proof of their need. Or you could say, no, you need to have some more proof. But those are some things that people are wrestling with, and those are some business decisions to make. Mm -hmm. um, what are you looking to do on helping them out in this transition? And then having an area, look, if one of these two don't work for you, then you know either click on this and we'll contact you, let us know the best way to contact you, or you know call us at this number. And that way we do have other solutions and options. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once we understand your situation better, we will help walk you through it. Mm -hmm. And so those are some things that people can do to help understand, you know, what the member's needs are. The member, many of them may automatically self-select to things that, you know, yeah, no, I'm fine to start paying again. And then you don't have to worry about it or take the energy and you can then spend more of your energy on those that want some custom work. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I want to reiterate what I hear you saying and what we've been hearing is this is an opportunity, even, even if you are not in a position to offer the options of full payment, interest only, or the calling, however you approach the deferments that are coming up, it's an opportunity to learn more about where your membership stands right now. Don't mm -hmm. just let it go by without at least trying to ask some questions for anybody that wants to defer. You may still decide, look, there's no test. There's no requirement. It's not needs-based will still defer, but as you're trying to understand what the credit risk might look like, what could happen once the deferments end, use it as an opportunity to start asking some questions. And then, yeah, absolutely, you can figure out based on if you can do the options, who can pay interest. That starts to protect you on the interest side of the, mm -hmm. at least. And it gives you, again, that gauge or that barometer from a credit risk standpoint. Yeah, and when you start talking about understanding who can pay, and then you can start saying, well, what do we know about those members? Mm -hmm. And we see that we know this internally about these members. We understand what's happening with their checking accounts, how they've been requesting increases in lines of credit. But now that member decided to pay fully. Oh, that's some good insight. So yeah. was that helping to indicate a potential challenge or not? Or with that same data, oh, these members were looking to pay interest but they're not requesting additional measures such as full deferment again for another couple of months. So that helps you calibrate your intelligence about them so you can start seeing, okay, what are we seeing? And the other thing that strongly are encouraging places to do is for those conversations that are gonna be happening, the member's calling in, they're talking to the financial advisor that's helping them through this, that those financial advisors really need to have a good feedback loop with each other mm -hmm. and connecting back to lending and the finance team to say, all right, here's what's happening. And let's act like you start having this on day one of deferral renewals and X percent of the members are looking for, we'll say, personalized help instead of the automatic options. So now they're able to give the attention to those that want the personalized help. 
you take that information, that knowledge and those stories of what were happening, you know, I'll meet up on day two and say, okay, what are we learning? Mm-hmm. Do we need to adjust on some of what we're offering, some of the questions that we're doing? And so one of the things that we'll encourage you to do is talk with your team ahead of time to get ready for this. Don't just view it as we're going to give them a list of instructions of what they're supposed to say, and that's going to be static from then on. No, rather, this should be a very dynamic, agile process where each day you're helping to adjust and adapt, and you will be better by day five than you were on day one. What you're describing in terms of the approach and the communication and the connection across different departments and adjusting the message and being iterative, most credit unions just went through this. You just went through this similar example, perhaps on a broader scale because you had to go remote. So now what we've been hearing is, and we've talked about this in previous C. Myers lives, while we move so fast, I don't ever wanna go back. It's showing how fast we can do things. Well, here's an opportunity to continue to build that competency. You're coming up, the deferments are due, even if you haven't necessarily been focused on every other things for the last three months, you've shown an ability to move pretty quickly and how to have that iterative nature, that collaboration, the communication. Take what you've learned, apply it to this situation and continue to build that into your organization so that you don't go back to the way things were. Yeah. A lot of CEOs, a lot of C-suites saying, I don't wanna go back on some of these things. We've shown we can do it. We need to now move forward. And I'm gonna be repetitive here. This is a way to keep moving that competency forward of how do you move quickly, how do you communicate, how do you iterate and get things done. And I wanna punctuate that. We started off talking about a lot of places thinking about the credit risk and looking at deferments as a potential barometer on that credit risk. While credit risk in and of itself, of course, can be scary and it puts pressure on earnings and net worth, the way you handle it, to reiterate what you're saying, Rob, it's such an opportunity. So yes, use the information you're getting now to go back from a finance side and start saying, here's a range, if we're starting to see some of the business intelligence and the responses from our members, here's the range of potential impact for credit risk, maybe even the timing, because the timing matters in different circumstances. Use that, but don't forget the opportunity to build the member engagement all throughout the interactions that you have with them. Yeah, isn't it cool that from the same kind of work process that you're doing here, you are finding ways, you said, to help the members, but you're answering accounting questions for Mm -hmm. what we need to reserve on our financials, you're answering finance questions on let's project out what might happen and run some different scenarios and different sets of assumptions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're taking care of that while you're improving your technology and your digital behavior as to what's happening there while you've improved your data and business intelligence. And a lot of that really shouldn't take much of any money. Mm. And so it's not having to go out and buy a whole new systems, but Mm. how do we better use some of those systems, communicate and and utilize that in a way that will start to change our mindset at quick speed. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Rob. And such a great way to summarize things to think about when it comes to credit risk, but beyond that and how you expand it out and have that organizational focus and member focus on something that seems like it might just be really warehoused in one particular area of the credit union. So we appreciate your time today. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We're more than happy to chat with you and answer them. Otherwise, have a great day. Thank you.